listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. So let's get into the message today. You're ready to get to the message today. We're going to be talking about sweat the small stuff. Come on, say with that with me. Sweat the small stuff. Come on, say it nice and loud. I can hear Christy and no one else. Come on, sweat the small stuff. Sweat the. How often are we told? Here's what we're told. Are you ready? This is what we're told out there. Don't sweat the small stuff. That's what they tell us out there. Don't really worry so much about the smaller, less insignificant things. Why? Because there's plenty of big things. And what we're told is this. You take care of the big things, then the small things will take care of themselves. I think they've got that all backwards. Because the truth of the matter is this. You take care of the small things. The small things will take care of the big things. And that's what God's Word says. To say don't sweat the small things is against God's Word. It's not a biblical truth because God's Word doesn't say that. That's not the wisdom He gives to our lives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need to live consumed because we can be consumed, but that means we need to live concerned. We need to live making sure that even the smallest details of our life are in the right place. Given attention to the right things. Think about some of the small words that we can say. We've been talking a lot over this month about the power of words. And we can turn around and say, well, that's not really bad. I mean, I didn't really say anything. We need to watch the words we say. Then we're looking at the thoughts that we think. We can turn around and say, well, it wasn't that bad of a thought. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot worse thoughts than that. Again, you've got to watch the small things, the small actions. We turn around and say, well, I didn't do anyone harm just doing that. I mean, everyone else is doing it. So what's the big deal? We need to watch because the small things can make a big difference. We need to watch the small places. We can turn around and say, well, you know what? There was no harm done. I maybe shouldn't have been there. But at the end of the day, there was no harm done. We've got to sweat the small stuff. What about small people? We can turn around and say, well, they're not really that bad of a friend. I mean, we're not really that close. You've got to watch because the Bible says the company you keep is going to determine the life that you live. Come on, that's paraphrased. But the Bible says that lead will take you to the bottom because iron sharpeneth iron. Come on. So you've got to watch the company that you keep. So we're looking at all these things and we can justify it and say, well, it's just a little. It's not much. But we're talking today about taking note of the little. In the book of James in the Bible, he helps us in this subject by using the example of temptation. 
he helps us to see why small things are important. And he uses the thought of temptation. And what is temptation? I began to think about that, what really it is. You know, it's when you're tested. And that doesn't really help us, does it? It's when we're tempted or really it's something that's presented to us with an option to do most of the time and almost all of the time something wrong. But guess what? Temptation isn't something wrong that we don't want. Temptation is something that we think that we want. It's something that looks good. It's something that we go, wow, I want to know what that is about. Why? Because that's how Satan, if it wasn't something that we wanted or something we were intrigued about, guess what? It wouldn't bother us. And it wouldn't be a temptation. Come on, when's the last time you were tempted to eat spinach? I mean, unless you were Popeye, you wouldn't be tempted to do that. But when's the last time you were tempted, come on, to eat all of that vanilla ice cream? Come on, I was going to say Bluebell, but we can't eat Bluebell anymore. Come on. Come on, who, who's in mourning over Bluebell? Come on, I'm, I'm counting down the days till they bring Bluebell back. Come on, I'm half the man I was before Bluebell. But you know what? The temptation is we're tempted for the things that we like. We're tempted for the things that we want, the things that everyone else is a part of. We're not tempted by the things that we don't want. And the enemy knows that. So what is temptation? Look at this. I put this. Temptation is that which presents itself to you or presents the opportunity to you to do something wrong. It presents that opportunity. Notice I didn't say it does it for you. A lot of people turn around and say, well, I couldn't help it. You can help it. Because temptation presents the opportunity, but you're the hands and feet and the mouth that puts it into play. And it's the fact of temptation, and I've got to say this, a lot of people get all bad and and all mad at themselves and say, man, I can't believe I was tempted, man. Listen, we can't control many times the fact that we're tempted, and that's not the sin. The sin is not to be tempted, but the sin is when we yield to the temptation and we start to follow it and we start to do those things. So here's what James says. Are you ready? James 1 verse 14 says these words, each one is tempted when he is drawn away, notice, drawn away by his own desires and enticed. New Living Translation says this, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Again, notice that which we want, that which we like is what The enemy uses many times to twist and turn and to tempt us and to draw us away. Verse 15 says this, when that desire has conceived, come on, when that which we want that we know we shouldn't have, but we want it because everyone else has got it and it looks good. The Bible says that when that desire is conceived, come on, say with me just a little bit. Come on, we're going to be saying that a lot today. So come on, practice with me just a little bit. So when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth. It's small. The latest addition of our church is little Kyle, born to Trigger and Mary. He is precious. He is this little, little, little bundle of joy. He is so precious, this little baby. And it's amazing that you forget. I mean, we've got a bundle of joy that's not a a little bundle anymore. He's growing each and every day. And it's amazing that he's over a year and a half. And where does time go? But what happens is things grow. Come on, we had a cute puppy that now is a big dog. (laughs) Things grow. And notice what it says. And when it is fully, when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. 
So where does it start? Real small, with just a little bit. Say that with me. But then it grows, and now all of a sudden, say this with me, it's not just a little bit. And it brings forth death. And death's not good. It brings forth things, results of our life that are not good. So here's the thought process of temptation. Temptation begins by tempting us by what we like or what we want. The wrong things, the wrong words, the wrong actions, the wrong places, the wrong people. But it's something that we say, man, that would be nice. Oh, I like that. Woo, that looks good. But then what is the next step? Then we begin to act on those desires. So it's not just a thought anymore. We begin to put it to work. And then what happens? It produces sinful actions. We're now full-fledged. We're in it. We're involved in it. We're doing it. And what does it do? It grows. So what used to be really small is now growing in our life to do what? The Bible told us to destroy us. Now, every temptation we have is not going to destroy us as in take us out. But you know what it does? It destroys our relationships with our parents and others around us. Come on, it can destroy our health. Come on, it can destroy our reputation, what people think of us. It can destroy our family. But most importantly, what it does is it destroys our future. The future that God has. And we're going to discover today what God has for us. And I want you to remember this. Are you ready? Look at this quote. And remember this. Big doors swing on small hinges. Big doors. Have you ever gone through a door? A big, big door. Look next time you go through the door and open it. Look at the little hinges. Probably two or three hinges. Three at the most on most doors. Three little hinges for a massive big door. And I've seen doors that have been so heavy that you could hardly open. But you know what? The hinges aren't that size. They're just really small. And what does that show us? It shows us that the small decisions, the small things of our life can carry a massive weight for our future. Come on, the potential that they have, if not handled properly, can be disastrous for our lives. What starts off so small can have such a big effect. Anyone know from the Bible a man named Samson? Come on, anyone know a man called Samson? Come on, anyone know something about Samson? Shout out something you know about Samson. His hair, what else? Strength, he's strong, you know? Strong, strong, strong. When I read about Samson, I just see a picture of myself, you know? I just just think the ripping muscles and everything that Samson... But that's really cool because most of us, when we talk about Samson and we ask the question, what we say is this, he was strong. That's what we know him as. But before he was strong, we've got to realize something else. And that was this. He was created by God and called by God. Called means he was set apart. He was different to everyone else. And he was called by God for a purpose. And his purpose was to deliver the children of Israel from bondage. They were in bondage. There was an enemy that came and stole everything from them and took everything And they were living in fear. They were living in a rough way. And God says, hold on a second. I'm going to raise you up, Samson. You're going to have a purpose. You're going to be a deliverer. And what did God give him to do the task? God gave him supernatural strength. God gave him, and that was his ability. But his ability was supposed to be given to him so he could fulfill his purpose. Every one of you today has abilities. And what I mean by that is things you're good at. 
things that you're good at. Some of you, it may be baseball. You're good at baseball. Some of you, it's just, you know, as kids, you, you're good at running a class. I mean, you have makeshift. You line up all the toys. And if you've got brothers and sisters, you make them be your students. And you're, you're good at That's maybe an ability that one day you're going to be a teacher. Come on, every one of us as adults, we know the abilities and the strengths. Hopefully, we're working in our field because if not, we're probably unfulfilled. But when we work in things that interest us, there's a fulfillment that comes. Everyone's got abilities. The problem is so many times we've got to watch that our abilities don't make us lose sight of our purpose. That we don't forget who God called us to be. Because every one of us is called with a purpose. Come on, turn to your neighbor, look them square in the eyes and said, you have a purpose. Come on, for you kids, that means that you have a reason for living. Come on, God created you with something in mind. God made you to be you because there could be another, no other better you than you. And God has you to fill a void somewhere, to do something really important in our life. So what do we see of Samson? Here he is. He has a purpose with great ability. He's got supernatural strength. So what do we see begin to happen in his life? I'll tell you what we see. He begins to lose sight of his purpose. He begins to lose sight of the fact of what God has called him to be. And in fact, he gets so kind of sidetracked by his strength. Why? Because everyone wants to be around a strong man. Come on, everyone's impressed with his ability. Everyone's like, whoa, if only I had muscles like you. If only I could hit the ball like you. If only I could look like you. If only, you see, people are in awe. They're impressed by your ability. And because of that, you can see Samson, he begins to lose sight of his purpose. And because he's strong and because he's big and because he's bad, he's doing things, but he's able to get away with it because of his ability He can get away with it for a time. Why? Because it was just a little bit. His strength got him noticed. He was popular. But remember, really, it wasn't about his strength. It was about the God whom he served. And we could read example after example for his life, but I'm going to read the story that's perhaps the greatest story that we know of his life, and that's with him and Delilah. And I'm going to read from my kids' Bible book today. Come on, every home needs to have a Bible book in your home. You need to have a picture Bible to read your kids every night. We read our kids the Word of God every night. And you need to do that. It's really important that you do that. And they can just be a part of that. So I'm going to read the story from Samson and Delilah and um, from our little picture book right here. You can see it right there. And that's the story of Samson and Delilah. It says, Delilah was a Philistine woman. She was from the valley of Sorek. Samson loved her, though the Philistines were his enemy. Notice right from the bat, we see that he is doing something that's wrong. He's with an enemy. He's with the wrong person. He's in the wrong place. So one day, five Philistine kings came to her, came to Delilah, And said to her, get Samson to tell you why he is so strong and how we can overpower him. And if you do that, each one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Wow. She was going to get a whole lot of money. So what does she do? She goes to Samson and she says to him, Samson, what makes you so strong? He says, if someone wanted to make me helpless, here's what they would need to do. He said, if I was tied up with seven 
fresh bowstrings, I would be helpless like any other man. So guess what? She ties him up with seven new bowstrings and then shouts, Samson! The Philistines are coming. And Samson, he wakes up and he goes, and he just flexes his muscles just a little bit. And every one of those bowstrings just breaks and falls around him. So Delilah's angry. I like the picture. She's like in his face like this. Delilah's angry. And she says to him these words, you're making a fool of me. Now tell me the truth. But each time he gave her an answer and she found out when she tested that he had not told her the truth. Day after day, she kept asking and she said, Samson, why are you so strong? And She wouldn't quit till finally Samson told her the truth. He says, I am a Nazarite. Really what he was meaning was, I am called, I am set apart from God. I'm different to everyone else. Why? Because God's calling is upon my life. And he said to her, if my hair is ever cut, I will lose my strength. Delilah got Samson to go to sleep in her lap. Then a man came in and cut off all of Samson's hair. And this time Samson was unable to escape when he woke up, for the Lord had left him. And the Philistines tied up Samson with chains and put out his eyes. He was blind. Close your eyes. That's all he could see for the rest of his life, just darkness. They put out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, their capital city, where they put him to work grinding grain at a mill. And during that time, Samson's hair began to grow back. Come on, say with me just a little bit. Just a little bit. What happened? What happened to Samson? Well, we read the story. What happened to him? He was taken. He was captured. His eyes were removed. He was in darkness for the rest of his life. And for the rest of his life, he was tied to a beam. And all he did every day was just go round and round and round and round and round in circles. Got to go the other way. I'm getting dizzy. Going round and round. And instead of being the deliverer for the children of Israel, now he was working for the enemy. And they were in control of him. What a picture of what the enemy wants to do for our lives. Because we think, hey, it's fun and it's games. But the enemy wants you to go round and round in circles, getting nowhere with your life and having no vision and no future for your life. So we can turn around and say, well, Pastor P, that's what happened. But you know what? That's the result of what happened. What happened to get him to that place? Can I tell you what happened? We read the story. Delilah comes to him one day. He's with someone he shouldn't be with in the first place. And Delilah comes to him. She says, what's the secret of your strength, Samson? And at first he messes with her. Come on, at first he tricks her. But really, he's the one that's been tricked and he doesn't realize it. Why? Because he's given just a little bit to her each and every time. It's so small, he doesn't even realize. He thinks it's a game. He thinks it's funny when she says, the enemy's upon you, and he just jumps up, and he flexes, and point, everything falls off. It's amazing to me that he doesn't realize somewhere along this process that it's a trap. 
I mean, you would think if you were waking up and shouting, the Philistines are upon you and you flex, and then you look and there's five soldiers in your house that are about to capture you, you would kind of figure out that there was something wrong with what's going on here. Come on, you would think that we would see those things, but that's how temptation is, remember? It's what we like. We don't see it for really what it is, and we don't realize that it's a trap that's waiting to destroy us. Why? Because it's just a little bit. It's just a small thing. It's just a little bit of fun. It's just a little bit of games. But I'm telling you, just like Samson, we need to start sweating the small stuff. Come on, Samson, you need to start waking up and seeing what's going on. But he doesn't. Why? Because he's in love. He's in control. He's strong. He can do whatever he wants to do. One day he picks up a donkey's jawbone, just a a bone, and he kills a thousand soldiers. What? Yes. I mean, he's in control. He's the man. You're the man, Samson. Come on. you got it going on. And so he thinks he's in control. He's God's strong man. And he fails to see what's really happening around him. Bind me with this. Do this. Do that. And every time he breaks free, he doesn't realize the seriousness of the moment. Why? Because it's just a little bite. It's all good. There's no harm. It's just a joke, just having fun. But he's another step closer to now not just being or making a joke. He's a step closer to being the joke and the one that they would later laugh at and ridicule. So he gives a little bit and another and another till finally his head is shaved and he doesn't even realize at that point that he's in trouble. Look at the Bible says in Judges 16 verse 20. When she shouts, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Look what Samson says. I will go out as before, as the other times, and I will shake myself free. But he was shaken and nothing was happening. But, 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 but his little had gone too far this time. Come on, his little had gone too far this time. And he did not even know that the Lord had departed from him. How sad. That's pretty serious to think that I'm called of God to be God's person and now God has left my life, that I'm not where I need to be. That's pretty sad. How does that happen? A little bit at a time. A little fun here and a little fun there. Remember what we read from James earlier? Let's put that back up again. James 1 verse 15 from the New Living Translation. It says, these desires give birth to sinful actions, the small things. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I want to show you this today if I could. I'm I'm going to do an illustration for you all today. Is that okay? I'm just going to switch mics. And if they can move that, that would be great. Can you move that for me? I'm going to do something today that I've never done in church apart from earlier today. I'm going to make you all a cake. Is that cool? It's actually Sherry's birthday today. So I'm going to make you a cake, Sherry. Is that okay? Got to get prepared. You know, when you've got to be in the kitchen, you've got to, you've got to look the part. If you can't do it, you've got to at least look it. Amen? So, so we're going to bake. Anyone like this cake? Come on, classic yellow. Is that cool? Classic yellow cake. So we've got some stuff. Cara graciously went to the store. Come on, we just put that there so we know. So we've got all the ingredients that we need here, okay? So we asked for three eggs. So we're just going to put three eggs in there. There you go. And um, la, 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 la. 
going to put that in there. There you go. Three eggs. Good job. Good job. Good job. Here's the mix that I made earlier. Prepared for us. Just going to put that in there like that. The recipe asks for one cup of water, which has already been measured out. The recipe also asks for a quarter cup of oil. Help me out. Tell me when to stop. Okay, goodness me, I thought you were going to sleep on me right there. Okay, all right, so we're just going to mix this together. Sorry about that. Mixing technique. So what have we done? We've taken a list of ingredients that is needed to make something of success. We we want a cake, so what do we do? We take the ingredients that we need. Okay, think about this as being your life. This cake is your life. So what do you have to do to be successful? You've got to put the right ingredients in in the right order, and in the right amount. Because if we had too many eggs in here, it would be miserable. Come on, if we had too much oil in here, which we maybe did because you didn't tell me to stop quick enough, it's going to be miserable, okay? All those kind of things. So come on, anyone want to taste this just to see how we're doing with that? You help me out? Come on, help me out. Taste that. Is that good? Come on, don't be shy. There you go. Take it, take it, take it, take it. There you go, Molly. You want to taste it? Come on, Molly, taste it just a little bit. There you go. Thank you for not taking the finger that you already licked. I appreciate that. <laughs> so everything, everything's going good. Everything's nice. Everything in place. But what if we kind of just mess things up just a little bit? Just say that when I cracked the shell, that I just messed up just a little bit, and just a little bit of shell went in there. But we can just mix it up because it's just a little bit. And it's not going to mess up anything, huh? So anyone still want to taste that? You'll still taste that? Still taste that? Come on. You'll still taste that. I mean, just look, look, look. Hmm. Still going on. Still going on. It's good. It's good. It's good. So, so just a little bit of the wrong thing. We're still doing kind of okay. Okay? What about this? What about if we find just a little bit of dirt off the floor? Hey, it's just a little bit. Don't worry. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay. It's just a little bit. So we're going we're gonna to put that in there. I'll still eat that. Still eat that. By the way, Sherry, happy birthday. It's coming your way. Birthday cake, birthday cake. I mean, we're still, I mean, come on. I mean, just get real. I mean, it's just a little bit. It's not going to mess up anything. And um, after all, you know, what is just a little piece of shell, a little piece of dirt with so much, we're going to do okay. Okay, what about this? We have a dog at home. Fresh this morning. What about, hold on, what about if we just take, what about if we just take a little bit and put it in there? All of a sudden, lemon cake is chocolate chip. Singular. Now all of a sudden, hold on a second. But it was just a little bit, Molly. 
the probability, the probability of probably getting that is pretty low. But I don't think anyone in here would want to take the chance. And not only do we want to take the chance, but for this reason, because it's now been mixed through everything, guess what's happened? Everything else has been tainted by just a little bit. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that we can look at our lives and we can say, but it's just a little thing. But how a little thing can mess the whole thing up. Oh, but pastor, you don't realize. I mean, everyone else is doing it. Well, you keep eating. Most of you are not going to eat. And what you've got to realize is this, especially when you look at this scripture. You ready? From from Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. The Bible says this. I beseech you, brethren. Here's what he's saying. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. He says, everyone, listen to me. What your purpose in life, remember we talked about purpose? What your purpose in life is to present your lives to God. That you be a living example, a living sacrifice, that you are holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto Him. That's what God's called you to do. God's called you to present your life. But notice what happens, a life that's given to God all of a sudden has really been messed up really quickly by what? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Watch this. Here's another illustration for you today. Because as it says, present your life. Thank you, Cara. It says, present your life to God. Have you ever thought about that? The word present is present. That you are to present, to present, to give your life to God. So really what we're doing is, as we put all the ingredients in our life and just the little things... One day when we stand before God, we're going to say, God, here's my life. But you know what? We don't show all the dog poo and all that. We mix it all up and we say, but hey, there's enough good in there that it's going to outdo just the smallest of bad. But notice what God has. God doesn't turn around and say, oh, you look good. God doesn't say, oh, I like that bow. God doesn't look and say all of this. But you know what God has to do? God has to do this. And God has to do this. And he has to strip away all the things because we want to show the best things. I mean, we don't want to show the bad things. We want to show all the best things. So what God has to do is he has to strip away all those things. And when God strips them all away, guess what's exposed? Oh, I lied the other day. But you know what? It's okay because it was just a little lie. It was just a white lie. I mean, come on, it's not even bad. I mean, no one was hurt, no harm was done, and I mean, if I hadn't have had this, then I'd have never been found out. No one would have ever known. There was no harm done. And then we flip our lives and we look, and it was just a simple cheating on a test. I mean, no big deal. I mean, everyone does it. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like my life is dependent upon that one test. It's just a little bit. It's just a bad word. I mean, come on. I mean, everyone says it. I mean, get real. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little bit. Come on, the list can go on and on. But they deserved it. They deserved it. They called me a name, so I shut them up. They're never going to call me that name again. Isn't it amazing how 
now how good does our life look when we present it to God and say, God, here it is. What does God have to do when he sees all those things? Does God look and say, well done, you've done good, you're better than everyone else. We know that God is gracious. Come on, anyone know that he's gracious? But what we also know of God is he's a righteous God. And righteousness means this, that he cannot excuse sin in our lives. As gracious as he is and as much as he wants to forgive us, he can't be the one that forgives us if we don't repent and ask him for the forgiveness. And you see, just like with Samson, just like with the life of Samson, he's thinking, you know, I've got great abilities, I'm called of God. But notice the fact that he was called of God, he lost sight of all of that. Why? Because with just a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit, And it's so important that we realize that. That scripture from Romans 12, verse 1 from the Message Bible, it says, so here's what I want you to do. With God helping you. Come on, God's got to help every one of us. He says, take your everyday, ordinary life. And I love then how he spells it out. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work or going to school. Just you walking around in life. And what are you to do? You're to place it all before God as an offering. Every part of my life, I need to give to God. That means the bad as well as the good. And even though I may say, hey, it's just a little bit. Come on, a little bit grows and grows and grows. You see what happens is if I have a little bit and a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, I end up having a lot. And a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot. And a whole lot is just a whole lot of little things. I wonder what little things need to change in your life. Come on, I wonder right now if God was to put his finger upon your life right now and he were to say to you, Kevin, you know that thing? I don't like that. What about if he's to say, Chelsea, you know that thing that you said and the words that you've used? I don't care for that. What if you to say, Sherry, I know it's your birthday, girl, but I can't cut your slack. Because you know what? Just your attitude stinks. And just how you're responding to circumstances really needs to be addressed and changed. You see, it's time that we sweat the small stuff. Because it's the little things that can destroy our whole life. Just the little things. And it's the little things, isn't it, that's so easy to overlook because they're just little. And who cares? And who worries about that? G-O-D. God does. God worries about that. And we need to watch because they will grow and grow and grow. And what we once controlled, note this, will begin to control you. Come on, you thought you had control of your mouth and you could control your lies and know where to turn them on and off, but you'll find yourself doing it when you don't even realize it. You think you can control just a little bit of the wrong substance here, drugs or something. You think you can control that? Guess what? It's controlling you. And you know one of the biggest lies that you have from people today who are bound with addiction? They say this, oh, I could give it up anytime I want. (laughs) No, you can't. No, you can't, because if you really could give it up, you would have. Why? Because what you used to control now controls you. When it was little, you could control it. But now it's big, you're not going to be able to. And it has to start a little bit, but it never stays 
just a little bit. It always grows and it grows and it grows. So I wonder today, what is it that God's probably putting on his finger? And this is not just a kid message. Come on, I said this isn't just a message for kids. This is a message for whether you're 99 and under. It's a message for every one of us. Because we can so easily excuse all those things. Why? Because they're just little things. Just a little bit here and there. It's nothing major. It's nothing bad. It's just a little. But a little grows and grows. Just bow your heads right now. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.